I'm Kendria. I need you to go like, follow, and subscribe. Soul Productions. What's up, everyone? And this is Next Level Thinking. What's up, everyone? It's another episode of Next Level Thinking, where we always help bring you to the next level. It's your host, Chris Holmes, as always. And on today, I have a special guest by the name of... Caleb Brown. Awesome. So, go ahead and tell the audience just a little bit about yourself so we can go ahead and dive in. Okay, so I went to Mercer University in Macon, Georgia, originally to be a physical therapist. I played football there. And I always thought I wanted to get into sports medicine. But in my senior year, I decided to become a, full, a full-time a full artist. And that's what I've been doing the last three years. I'd always had a, a gift for art, but I never thought that I would do it professionally. But I decided to take that chance on myself. I had the opportunity to go to physical therapy school, but I decided to go into art. And I've been able to connect with so many like cool people, a lot of great influences. And it's been, I've been able to support myself financially, which has also been very important. I guess one of the the early scary things, but I've been able to do a lot of great things and I'm, I'm really grateful for this opportunity. But that's, okay. so that's before, my thing, man. Cool. So before you go even further, I want to kind of go into where you made that decision to go a little bit more full into art. So I'm pretty sure a lot of other people can relate to this, especially when you in the beginning stage trying to figure out who you are and things like that. What mm-hmm. was the moment where it just clicked and be like, I feel like I need to go this direction. Because I know, like, everybody has different kind of ways in their moments where that happens. So tell about your experience when you knew that you had to make this shift into a different direction. Um, I knew exactly when it was. It was the winter break of my senior year. I remember I was going home, and I had to do an internship for a physical therapy clinic. And I remember being in the clinic and not wanting to be there. And I felt like that wasn't what life was supposed to be like, I guess, for at least whatever I wanted to spend the rest of my life doing. I just remember I wanted to go home so bad, like I was so bored. And I was like, okay, Caleb, you might need to start looking into something else because this is what you're about to go to school for. Like, you got to pay another, what, 50 grand to, to figure out how to be a physical therapist, and you don't even want to be here. So at that point, I decided to kind of do some soul searching and really think about what it was I wanted to do. But that was really it when I realized that the field that I was in wasn't as fulfilling as I thought it was going to be. True, true. And I always say, like, <clears throat> if your heart's not in it, you're not going to pretty much do, like, the the late work and the details and all the other things that come with it to actually pack it to the next level and things like that because you're just you're not really feeling it. So uh, with that That's said, it. yeah. So with that said, um, here's something else I guarantee people are kind of like uh, – right now that I probably want to hear when you made this shift and transition uh and be completely honest was everybody supportive of you or did you kind of get some hesitation from like from people you thought would support you when you made that shift um I was actually I was actually a lot more surprised at how many people did support me then because I didn't really have any people who who told me not to do it like I expected way more people like even my parents to be like hey would you sure you want to do that but they were a lot more supportive than I even expected. I, I have a few friends who I was texting at that time, and I always thanked them because they were really the, the push I needed because they, I was painting during that same break where I was deciding I didn't want to be a physical therapist, and I was sending them the paintings, and they were saying, Caleb, you can be great, man. You can do it. You can do it. And those are the people that really 
kind of gave me the confidence for real to say that I could do it. But I didn't have too many people that said, don't do it because, I mean, I had a gift. I knew I had a gift. And I think, I think people kind of believed in that gift too. And so it was, it was, it wasn't as much pushback as I thought it would be. Sounds like they saw before you did. Oh yeah, man. Absolutely. Cool. Cool. And that goes to another great point where the importance of having a supportive system or being watch your surrounding inner circle because that is what's going to really elevate you to take it to any part of where you want to go into life because if you surround yourself with positive people and awesome people encouraging you're going to have the success that you want vice versa if your inner circle is uh, contained with a lot of people that are negative you know hesitant and like kind of like downing your ideas uh, you're not going to have the success that you want because you don't have that strong support system yeah, man. Yes. So from there, like when you made that transition and shift and you went into uh, painting full time, like what was the beginning stages like? <clears throat> so the beginning stages was mainly trying to figure some things out business wise and even with my artistic style, just experiment, a lot of experimenting up front because I didn't have a, a formal business background. I didn't go to school for business, so I had to do a lot of reading. And I've learned a lot about marketing and how to reach out to people. And I remember, like, one of the biggest strategies I had up front was just to get as many paintings out there as I could. I wanted to just have a massive body of work so that people knew exactly what I was doing and that that I was doing this art thing. And I was one of the other early strategies was do paintings of celebrities and try to DM them as much as I can. And that strategy helped me back then, and it still kind of serves me today. Because that's how I ended up connecting with the Migos was before they were super, super big. They were uh, uh, one of my favorite groups. And I remember I sent um, their whole company a copy or a picture of a painting I had done. And one of the members offset reached out to me. And that was how that relationship started. And so that was that was kind of what the beginning was like. Like just doing just stuff and hoping that something sticks. And luckily it was sticking. So I kind of trial by fire kind of worked out for me. So that was a good thing. Awesome, awesome. And the main thing that I got was like the consistency and then your um, ability yeah. just to reach out and just putting at that massive artwork or that massive content, like some people would say. So mm -hmm. it's like you, you throw so many, like, so many times, you're like, okay, I don't know how many I got to throw, but uh, I know one of these things is going to stick. So I may have to throw a thousand, whatever, yeah. but one of these things is going to stick. And I'm not gonna stop throwing I'm you, until it hits. And you'd be you'd be you'd be so surprised at how many people wouldn't do that, like who are scared to put themselves out there. And I'm like, man, what? I don't have anything to lose. Like the worst case, what they gonna say? They don't like the painting, and it ain't like I gotta stop painting because they don't like it. So I I felt like, hey, I have nothing to lose except you know maybe a little bit of money from buying the materials, but I have nothing to lose by sending this work out and doing this work. Only only just stuff to gain, and so that was. I'm really just glad it worked out for real, honestly. And that right there, I'm not gonna tell you. I'm going to say is that that mindset that you have right there, like I have nothing to lose, but I have everything mm -hmm. to gain, is what's really going into your favor. Because, like you said earlier, a lot of people don't have that. They have that fear, the hesitations, like oh, what happens? What they don't like you? Like you were saying, what they don't like my painting? Uh, what if I don't make the team? Or what if I put this out here and they don't like it? See, these are like the doubts that mm -hmm. stop a lot of people from going forward. But the fact that you were like, you know what? If they don't like it, oh well, but I'm still going to do my thing. 
And another thing I want to exactly. give you credit on is, and I try to tell my friends this all the time, but you know, we all have our, pe- our friends, they like, just don't want to listen, they stubborn, want to do their own way kind of thing. But one thing I will give you credit for is the fact that you DM a lot of people because it's basically mm-hmm. giving you more chances to uh, at bat. So, like, if you only just DM exactly. one person, it's like, okay, you only gave yourself one chance. But if you like, okay, I'm putting the work out there, now I'm going to give myself even more chances, and I'm about to DM a multiple amount of people, it's like we were going back earlier to the earlier concept is one of these things got to stick. Yeah. Like, so, I remember when I, when, I, when, I, when I originally got in touch with Amigo, like, I did my research. Like, I man, I did some some stalking on Instagram. Like, I was... I was emailing the executives, the, the assistants, like, bro, everybody, like, I sent it to the entire company, like, to try to, add, it, I guess I got fortunate that one of the actual members was going to saw it, but, man, I, I tried to find everybody. I still try to employ that strategy now. Like, if, if you're a photographer for them or have ever shot for them, oh, you're getting a DM of the picture. <laughs> believe that. And that's what it takes, man. By any means necessary. I'm telling you. Or it kind of goes, um... Have you ever heard of the speaker by the name of Eric Thomas? Oh yeah, I've done work for him too. Yeah, see, that's yeah, all going to your favorite. Same way, same <laughs> exact way. <laughs> Go ahead, and tell the audience Look, about I, this one. <laughs> I'm telling, you, man. So Et Et was one of was another big influence of mine when I first got started because I used to listen to his mixtapes when I first started painting and I was doing that work early on and he was giving me some of that motivation and so I did a painting with him. And he, he followed me on Instagram, commented on a picture, and I was like, Yes, yeah, so what's up? Can I give it to you? And he's like, I'm gonna be in Atlanta in a in a couple in a couple months. And so I bought a ticket to his seminar and that was a little bit of that give and take that I think is necessary because it was like, I'm gonna buy this ticket and if oh, I yeah. get to give him the painting and sure. take a picture, it's all good. So yeah, I, I was able to connect with him, did a video, took a picture. I think he auctioned off the painting at some point, but same thing, yeah, I definitely know E. T. and he was a uh, He's a, a Caleb Brown artwork collector. Nice. Nice. And that's what it all comes to. And, this, and the fact that you jumped on and, and took the action to actually make it happen. Because, you know, a, a good chunk yeah, of people would have been like, uh, I don't know, should I buy the ticket? You were like, no, nah, no hesitation. I'm getting a ticket. I'm going to meet him. Like, there is no option. Exactly. <laughs> like, no, this is going to exactly. happen. <laughs> like, I may not get this opportunity again. Like, I got to get on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I and mean, that's what it's all about, taking advantage of the opportunities. So, like, with uh, you working this and working for Eric Thomas and Amigos and putting all that grind out, like, what else happened, like, after that part? Like, how's the journey going so far? So, by that point, business is going pretty good. You know, the word of mouth is getting out there. People are buying artwork, you know, for birthdays, with um, anniversaries, weddings. My college is commissioning me for pictures like my the athletic department is wanting me to do certain projects. Pause. You said your college is giving you commission? <laughs> yeah, Mercer. Man, Mercer is one of my biggest clients. They um Man. I mean to this day to this day Mercer still hits me up for a lot of stuff. Like most the athletic department has me do a project every year. Every once in a while. I'm cool with the vice president of Mercer, Miss Penny Elkins and she um she always had keeps me in mind when they got to do certain projects. Like I have some work in the in a couple of the dormitories in our football facility. Yeah, Mercer. Yeah, they they hit me up, man. Uh, I appreciate them too. Hey, that's that's uh, great support, that great love right there. I had to have yeah, a pause on that because I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> did I hear what you just said? <laughs> nah, yeah, 
And so we had a chance. So, of course, the word of mouth is getting out. And so I'm getting a lot of people, like, I guess you call them private collectors, people who are commissioning me for, again, birthdays, weddings, anniversaries, whatever it may be. And um, and so the business is getting better. I'm I, At that point, uh, supply and demand is in place so I can start raising my prices. And and that's really that's really how it's been every since then. It's only gotten better. More and more people, prices can go up. More and more celebrities, more cool commissions, opportunities to speak. And that's how it's kind of gone over the last three years. It's been pretty much consistent in that way, and it hasn't really fallen off. And I'm really grateful for that. But that's that's pretty much been it, man. Awesome. Um, plenty of stories. Definitely plenty of stories in regards to like some of the, the more famous commissions. Nice, nice, nice. So I gotta go ahead and make a little quick pivot. So I know you're doing all this artwork and it's all great and dandy, but I'll see you buy you a speaker. So go ahead and drop a little insight on that one. Oh, no doubt. So when I was a when I was a young when I was a young boy, I remember this this preacher basically called me to ministry. Like she said that this one here gonna be a preacher. And, you know, I used to be kind of weary of that because I, I told my mom, I was like, Mom, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to be a preacher. Like, I don't know if I want to be a, a pastor of a church or nothing. So somewhere along the lines, I learned that I could still minister to people and uplift people and motivate people from a different platform. And that is what I believe I've, the opportunity I've been given with my artistic talent. It gives me a chance to speak to people because Caleb Brown, the physical therapist, may not be able to reach the masses, but Caleb Brown, the artist, people will listen and I'm able to feed into people's lives. And so I've gotten quite a few speaking engagements, um, talking to high schoolers, some fellowship of Christian athlete meetings. And then earlier this year, I got a chance to do, or I got accepted to do a Ted talk and that's going to be this summer. So I'm going to deliver my very first Ted talk in Savannah, Georgia on June 14th. And that's like, that's, that was one of my big goals from the jump. So that's a that's a lifelong dream right there that's going to come true this summer. So I'm really excited about that. And I probably prefer the speaking stuff to the art, if I'm being perfectly honest, because I feel like I have a more direct hand in helping people, whereas art is still a product at the end of the day, and sometimes it's a little tougher to, I guess, inspire people with the art by itself. So, but no, the speaking thing... Is really important to me. I, I prioritize it. I'm going down to Savannah this weekend actually to to do one of the rehearsals for the upcoming event. So I'm definitely excited about that part of my uh, my journey and my business. Nice, nice. And I'm a strong believer that everything goes hand in hand. It's like a well-oiled machine. And I'm going through your profile. It's kind of funny how <clears throat> a lot of stuff that we're talking about. And in the back of my head, I was like, man, Gary V will love everything he's talking about. And I go through and I see you giving him the pain. I'm like, okay, I see you. I'm telling you, man, you gotta, gotta exploit all resources you have. And Gary B, Gary B is another person that was another one of those, those influencers. I gotta meet him, man. And we were able to make it happen. So I'm, I'm grateful. That was awesome. 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 That's also on my checklist to meet him in person one day. So man, ahead. he's so, he's so cool, bro. Him and E.T. both like, as as big as they are, they're both so chill. Like they're the most humblest of people I've ever met in my life. Like wow, for you to be like you know, as because I mean, at this point, I met quite a few like famous people, and not all of them are are that way. And so to see that those guys like that was, was real encouraging. Because 
not all. It, it lets you know that all famous people aren't kind of buttholes or whatever it may be. Yeah, the stereotypical thing. So with yeah. that, go ahead and drop another jewel real quick. Um, so how did you get like the TED Talks, I guess, opportunity? Was it like from you doing all this consistent work and speaking and then somebody was like, I think <laughs> and you got referred, like, I think this guy would be a great person to put it in the program because of all your past works? So believe it or not, to get a TED Talk, um, it's not the hardest thing. You basically have to go figure out where the upcoming TED events are in around you. And I saw there was one in Savannah, so I was able to send in an application, right? Mm-hmm. Now, as a part of that application, they, they ask you to to share with them different speaking engagements you've done or recordings. And luckily, I have a channel that has a, most of my speaking engagements. So they were able to go look at that. They brought me in for a pitch for an interview, essentially, and I was able to tell them what I'd want to talk about. And from there, they were they accepted me. And then that was kind of how that worked out. So it's a very long interview process. I think it was definitely over 100 applicants. And I believe there's 20 speakers that are going to speak at that event. So it was it was really cool. And it was definitely some kind of exclusive because, again, I won the 20 out of 100. So, But it was definitely just you really just have to be ready because if I wouldn't have had those engagements recorded or on there, and I wasn't always comfortable with the speaking engagement because a lot of them are old, and I think I'm a better speaker now than I was then. And so you had to deal with that of, oh, man, they might not like what I got. But I was like, you know what? It is what it is. It is. Again, just like going back to the thing, like, I have nothing to really lose. Like, worst case, I don't have a TED Talk, and I don't have a TED Talk now. So what difference it makes? So I, was, I had to go ahead and attack that with courage, and it worked out in my favor. And that was a... That was a learning lesson for me, too, so it, it all worked out, man. I love that mentality, like, uh, completely 100, because that's a lot of things that they need to hear right now to get their um, other people motivated as well. And then also the insight that you gave right now, because you never know, like, who's listening in, because uh, I also probably was another speaker who wanted to know how to do that, and you just provided <clears throat> them some great information, so you never know, you know, because, you know, life goes, has things you know, somebody may listen in and then may DM you and be like, thanks, man. You know, you got me to this. And, you know, I feel like everything goes back um, hand in hand. Yeah, that's real. That's real. Cool, cool. So what are some future projects? And then um, after that, like, uh, any last little closing comments before we wrap everything up? Oh, man. So coming up, I have, I'm not going to lie. I can't really talk about them all, but I have quite a few, like, celebrity commissions on the docket that I think are really cool. Um, the TED Talk coming up in June and, and hopefully even cooler speaking engagements after that because that's a real big resume booster. So, I'm, man, I'm really excited. I, I, I plan on writing a book very soon here. Like, I've even be, begun writing it. I just am not sure how long it's going to take me to finish it because of these commissions and things of that sort. But um, there's a lot, a lot of things going on. If anything, I just want people to continue to to be themselves, be authentic, and to continue to show up with courage in whatever it is they're doing because to do what I do as an artist, just because I, I enjoy painting, doesn't mean that every day I want to show up to work or that every day I'm just waking up full of energy because I get to paint. That's not necessarily the case. And, you know, people always come to me and say, Caleb, you're so lucky to be able to do what you love. Yeah, at the same time, I still have to grind too. And I think what most people get it twisted is that they feel like when I became an artist is that I made it got rid of struggle in my life. Yeah. That's why I said made it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, nah, the difference is that 
my struggle now is a little more meaningful than yours to me at least like i i a lot of people are in jobs where they're struggling but the job has no meaning like it's it's, it's not purpose it's just to get a check and what i'm saying is that if you're gonna have to go through hell in your life at least make it worth something mm-hmm. and that's just the battle that i'm that I'm, I'm trying to take up every day and i want everybody else to so like even if you have to work that nine to five that you don't particularly like, at least give it some meaning. Like at least let it be something, just a stepping stone, a stepping stone to something you really want to do or towards your purpose, and just to do it with courage, man, to strain towards it, and do it with a lot of love. Awesome, awesome, and great closing comments. Some jewels to leave for people to think on. So we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. It's your host Chris Summers, always bringing you some inspirational guests. Make sure that you take some notes and share it with friends and family. Subscribe and much more. And then I have my special guest by the name of Caleb Brown. Awesome. Stay tuned for the next episode. Peace and much love. What's up, everyone? Just want to go ahead and say thanks for checking out the podcast, Next Level Thinking. You know, we always dropping your jewels to help you take it to the next level. Just want to go ahead and drop a little thing real quick is that if you need some business consulting to take your business to the next level, make sure you hit me up on the Facebook, Instagram, or any other social networks as you hear this at for a special discount. This is for those listeners that support the podcast. Just uh, hit me up from there because you all will receive a special discount. Also, keep in mind, I will have other things coming as well, as well as a uh, workshop and much more to help y'all uh take it to the next level so if you want information on that make sure you send me an email dm or you know wherever on this platform is all right peace